You're listening to the On The Rise podcast, the podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs as we make our way to the top. Here is your host, known as the property shark, Mr. John Lee. guys john lee here also known as the property shark and welcome back to another episode of the on the rise podcast today joining us we have suk um he's also better known as the golf sing on instagram and uh thank you so much for for coming on here with us today no problem john thanks for that invite yeah of course I'm (laughs) i'm really excited to dive into your story um, but, uh, for those people that don't know too much about you, Sue, do you want to give people like a quick introduction of yourself? Sure. Uh, I'm Sook, the golf sing. Uh, met John, uh, last month, I think reached out to me. And, uh, so you can follow me on the, go- uh, the golf sing at Instagram. And what I do is I'm a golf instructor. I work with business owners. I'm showing them how they can learn the sport of golf and, develop relationships on the golf course Um, it's a great activity to do that Um, just develop relationships in general Um, whether you're a parent uh, trying to build a bond with your kids um, or with your spouse uh, or or friends build lifelong friends that you can do activities with and uh, yeah it's a you you play golf for four or five hours and you get to know people real well that that's wonderful so, Sue, why don't we start right there? Um, let's talk about your. Let's talk about what golf played, how golf played a role in your life early on. Uh, um, I was two years old when my dad put a golf club in my hand, <laughs> and uh, it's you know I've been around it my whole life. Um, when I grew up, in, um, I think I was like. 10 years old, I'd go to the driving range around once a month with my dad. Uh, he used to sneak me out on the golf course with him, get a couple shots here and there. Um, but I actually never really got into the game until I was 16. Uh, I loved other sports. I loved playing ball hockey, basketball outside. Um, I actually wanted to play ice hockey. Um, but yeah, my dad uh, you know, told me that it's an individual game and you know, in team sports, because he's played team sports, he's played uh, uh, field hockey in India. That's what I played that for a bit too, uh, just before I got into golf. And, you know, if, if no one passes you the ball, it doesn't matter how good you are. You can't, you can't shoot, you can't score, and then you can't perform, right? So in an individual sport like golf, um, you know, if you shoot a great round, no one can say you didn't. Um, so, yeah, that's when I got into it when I was 16. And uh, played my first round of golf, and yeah, just kind of since then I've been getting more and more serious about it. And you know, I, I started playing tournaments as a junior. Um, yeah, I was doing great. You know, my dream was to become a professional golfer, and you know, I had an injury that led me to uh, explore other things in my life. And um, golf was always there, though, and I kept growing my knowledge on it, and that to a point where here I am today teaching the sport. That's amazing, uh, Suk. And 
So was your dad like an early influence and mentor for you for, for the game of, of golf? Yeah, he was because till this day, he loves the sport. Um, and, you know, I'd watch him watch Tiger Woods on TV as a kid. And I'd just sit there, see how passionate he was. He'd jump in on the sofa, <laughs> cheering on for him. So, uh, you know, and then just Tiger Woods alone, like how much he impacted the whole um, golf world, right? So um, those two guys right there were pretty big influence for me. And, uh, yeah, just being able to get over my dad after, you know, he, he traveled for work and come back after sometimes a week. So that's how we kind of built our bond there. Wow. Okay. And um, in terms of in, in school, Suk, what kind of student were you? You know, were you the outgoing kind? Were you kind of nerdy? Did you focus more on golf than school? Kind of what kind of student were you? My favorite class in high school was PE. <laughs> Ace that class. Um, I, I kind of liked some science, um, was not good at math, um, you know, I, I was pretty okay, you know, like B student probably, um, just a couple classes I struggled with, but, you know, especially when I picked up golf, grade 11 and 12, like, I was just super focused, um, right when school ended, I'd walk down the street to my house, um, do some work if I re it was really important um, or just kind of relax until my mom got home at four o'clock that I have my license and she'd drive me down to the golf course, drop me off, pick me off at like nine or 10 o'clock. And yeah, like I said, if I really needed to pass the class to do my homework, I did it. Otherwise I really <laughs> kind of didn't do it. Uh, I just, you know, I never hung around at school either. Um, you know, at lunchtime I'd walk home and yeah, so I just, I just go to the golf course all day long. Love that. And, and that was your passion and obsession for golf and, and the love of the sport. Yeah. And so yeah. when, when exactly um, did the uh, injury happen? Like kind of how old were you when that happened? And I'm assuming you were going pro, like you were focused on going pro prior to that happening. Right. Um, so yeah, when I was um, 16, that's when I started getting lessons. Uh, shooting my score was around like 100 uh, and a year and a half later I went to shooting even more 72 74 uh, and that's how I was like damn like that's a lot of years of um, improvement really fast and you know I was like I kind of started the game late but I was like if I made this much progress in a year and a half like another year and a half or four years or something like I was like really seeing my trajectory and where I could go with this. And I love sports. I wasn't really into school. I didn't really want to work a job. Um, so, you know, I thought that was the perfect thing. And everything was breaking out and tournament season was coming up. And just just like a couple of weeks before it, my, my back, I hurt my back. And, uh, you know, it was kind of the, it was a little bit of the technique was off. Um, I was very field, um, even though I got some coaching and stuff. Uh, I think it was just athletic ability, something that I had as a kid in all sports. And, you know, I, I didn't really know what I was doing. Um, it was just kept working, so I was doing it. But then it got to a point where it injured me. Um, you know, 
so I, I took around what year I took a full year off golf uh, I went from like therapist to therapist like I was I think I was working at FedEx at the time so I had like benefits <laughs> so I went to physio Cairo naturopath all of them and uh, used all that money up there uh, but I, I couldn't you know it didn't help um, I didn't really notice it was because of the way I was swinging so yeah, that kind of for two years there that you know it put a halt on my progress and it was kind of i wouldn't say depressing but it was very it brought me down quite a bit as that was like that was the one thing that i was you know i improved so much i put so many hours in the summer i was like six to twelve hours a day I, um and you know it kind of just stopped so yeah that kind of that, that that messed me up there, I think, a little bit. But you know, looking back at it now, everything happens for a reason. I'm excited and happy to be where I am. I'm teaching people and helping some people that are also going through injury or you know their swing could lead to back pain, and that that kind of makes me happy. Where I'm like, hey, I've been there. I kind of I feel and I can help you out. That's amazing. And in terms of the mindset, like, I mean, it must have been such an emotional roller coaster for you because golf was your everything. And all of a sudden, like, it just got taken away from you. Uh, how did you get yourself out of that, 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 you know, negative mindset and, and turn that into a positive thing? Like what changed? Um, it was tough, man. Like I remember like, I sometimes be sitting on a tee box. I'd go play by myself. I think one time I started crying. Like I, I just lay there on the tee box, and I was like, "Why is this happening to me?" Like, like yeah, just that was the main question. Like, why is this happening to me? Right? Um, I think the turnaround for me was, um, I think a year and a bit later, I I met a friend. Um, he's also a golf teacher now, and uh, at the time. I just met him at the golf course where I always practiced at. Um, and he, we started, we were both talking about our back pain. That was funny. I don't know how that conversation started, but he told me to go to a physio. Uh, so that's how we met. And then he started showing me some things, uh, different techniques and different ways to swing. And uh, that actually stopped uh, my back pain. And I was like, damn, like, there's a bunch of knowledge out there. And then, um, he had to go to California for a month. So I talked to my dad. He's like, dude, why don't you just go with him? So we planned to go for a month, ended up going for three months. But we went to LA, we went to Palm Springs, Las Vegas, uh, met a couple amazing golf coaches on the way. And uh, I learned a bunch of stuff. You know, some of these coaches are top coaches in the world. And, and I was blessed to, uh, you know, go make that decision to go on that trip and, you know, pick up all that knowledge and you know even when I got back um, just kept practicing um, even though I had to start getting to some business stuff uh, I was involved in, uh, I got into introduced to that world um, and I think that's kind of that kind of saved me from going <laughs> like really low uh, in, a, in a part of my life um, during my trip I went to UPW Tony Robbins event uh, you know, that started my journey of personal development. And, uh, you know, that, that was a big thing as well for me. And coming back, 
um, used to be such a shy kid. Um, you know, I didn't really hang around with too many people because I was just so focused. You know, uh, as an athlete, that's kind of what happens. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, I started speaking in front of 30, 40 people in a room. Uh, you know, I had a semi-successful business there. And, uh, you know, I got into a couple different business ventures. And, you know, that's kind of where I've, that got me to where I am today because I realized, like, my skill also outside of sports is I love helping people. I love serving. Um, you know, I, I create one-on-one people. Ask, people just tend to come to me and open up. Uh, have deeper conversations with me that they usually probably wouldn't with somebody else, uh, let alone the first co- first uh, meeting. <laughs> Sometimes even with their close friends or family, right? So um, whatever that is, uh, I I love kind of healing people. If, if that makes sense, it's sort of a empathetic um, point of view, and uh, I feel like you know, I'm shifting someone's perspective, opening their mind to like different ways of thinking. Um, that kind of just happens naturally in a conversation with somebody. So all those skills combined with knowledge for golf um, and then hanging around with business people for the last few years, knowing that, you know, who you hang around is how you, uh, who you become, right? Um, and I was like, hey, so putting all of that together, I was like, it kind of like started making sense and getting me out of, um, you know, feeling like, why is this happening to me? I was like, this is happening for me, and that's another Tony Robbins thing. And uh, yeah, so it's just it just it's just all works out. And you know, um, happy to be where I am. We were putting on um, events for business owners now, where they can meet up and uh, get to know each other, and then with a golf club in their hand. That's the whole goal. So I'm sure we'll get into that conversation as well. Yeah, for sure, for sure, Suk. That's, that's amazing. Um, and you mentioned business. So tell me a little bit more about, um, when you got involved in business and entrepreneurship, did you, did you always have a fascination for that when you were growing up or did that come kind of later into your life? And then how did, how did that kind of happen? Um, no, I actually, I've never, I never, been around any business stuff, nothing really. Um, aside from working at, I guess it was our family business. We, uh, my dad, um, with his friends, we kind of ran a motel for a couple of years. Um, so I, you know, but that was still like a job. Um, no, I haven't really, I hadn't really at that point, you know, been entrepreneur minded or anything. But I was actually, I actually didn't really know anything outside of two or three ways of making money. I was like. You go to school, you get a job, um, or you work labor your whole life, or you're an athlete and you make money. Like I didn't know anything about, you know, selling houses, real estate, um, you know, investing in stocks, and like and none of that. <laughs> I didn't. So that opened me up to a whole new realm, and uh, you know, it was it was cool. And you know, the business that I got into was it was a network. A distribution company and you know I again being having good relationships with people and I realized like I'm really good at connecting people to solutions either it's other people or products and I, I it just makes me so happy and enjoy doing it and just to see like somebody that has a problem another person that has a problem 
and just connecting them now both of their problems are solved and you know you can create something out of that so i think call that my art or my creative my way of being creative um, but yeah i know it just kind of happened naturally that's amazing and from that point on uh in terms of getting you know working in your whole life um how did you have the idea of starting your business like where did that that inspiration come from for teaching golf yeah um i i work a job right now too uh, and i've been doing it for the past few years I'm, i work as a caregiver um, with high-risk youth so you know, these are kids that um you know some of them are in and out of jail um you know and our goal is to keep the community safe and also give them some life skills try to like get them on a better path um and you know that's what i've been doing for three years and you know even though it's great um to help these kids the thing is i don't know ever since i did some of the business ventures that i did i really realized uh, the rich dad poor dad uh, four quadrants and you know i just really i just really realized like i don't want to work my whole life you know as much as, as great as it is like i don't want to I enjoy time freedom. I really, I really found that out doing those things, uh, time freedom and financial freedom. So, you know, I, I really, um, value that. And, you know, I was like, I need to start something of my own. I can't be working this forever. Um, you know, especially it's, it can get pretty, um, it's kind of risky, right? Um, you know, working with kids that are, um, pretty high risk so I you know I, I just know that I had to start something and you know I've always heard do something you're passionate about that never made sense to me uh, until I started to really learn uh, more about the technique of the game and uh, grew my knowledge on it and you know said okay this is something that I could possibly do you know, I've been blessed to learn from some high-level golf coaches and why don't I take this skill and pass it on and teach people that's amazing that's amazing so um you know you still have your job uh that you have and do you recommend that to people um what do you say to people who are working their job but they have their their passion they have this burning desire to kind of do something else and they might have read about rich dad, poor dad, and, and they want to be entrepreneurs. Do you recommend them keep their job and, you know, and, and try to dabble on the side, like a side hustle to start? Or what would you say to those people? I think it definitely depends on your goals, um, you know, and what, what area you're at in your life, right? Um, if you're getting married soon or if you're young, um, you know, what responsibilities you have. I think it all varies on that, but um, there's definitely something about having um, comfort and like, what would you call it? Um, not desperation, but like, um, I forgot that word, but you know, 
like you have to hustle to make your goals, you know. So yeah, exactly. So you know that definitely helps you go faster for sure when you that's your only source of income is your passion and your business. Um, and then when you, you, know, you have money coming in from other sources, you kind of take a sore. But the, the other side, flip side of that is, um, you know, you just, there really is no rush, right? It's, uh, it's, all, it's all a learning process and it, just enjoying the process um, and being able to do it more thoroughly and also learning the things that you need to, uh, need to do. Because as, as you know, as well, as well as you can learn from making mistakes, I think that's definitely important. Because otherwise, some people don't take action. However, I think studying and learning and growing your knowledge is very important as well. So, um, yeah, it, I think it totally depends on what your what your uh, scenario is. For sure, Suk. And, and you mentioned the importance of learning knowledge and gaining it, but you also mentioned the importance of taking action. So, you know, what's, what's your take on that? Because it, it almost feels like there's an overabundance of knowledge and information out there that it leads to inaction for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And that person is me. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I feel like I was always this person that everything needs to be perfect then I'll start. You know what I mean? And I realized like nothing, nothing gets done that way. Um, so I've actually transitioned into doing things that are uncomfortable and just as much as I can sit there and learn and create plans and everything, if I don't do it, um, I actually miss out on so much time because I can't move on to the next thing, right? and just get stuff done and get that also is feedback that helps you do something better the next time so yeah i think um that is definitely the way to go for me and that's what's helped helping me get started and um or having got started and now revving it up that's amazing suit and um, in terms of having this idea, you know, you've grew, you grew up playing golf your whole life and, and you went on this trip to California, learned from the top golf instructors uh, in the world. You also gained a lot of golf knowledge there. Um, but how did you transition that idea and, you know, bring it into fruition? How, how how did he turn that knowledge and idea into like okay i want to be a golf instructor um how did that happen um just a couple of friends that i have um my previous coaches i think i think it was december 31st 2018 i was just like tomorrow's new year <laughs> it's like let's do this right the whole new year's resolution thing so i was kind of excited on that uh, I think I messaged one of my coaches from when I was getting started. I asked him, like, hey, if I was to tell you that I want, want to be a golf coach, what are five things you think I need to work on? So then he sent me five things, uh, and then that gave me feedback. Uh, you know, and he, one of the things he told me was to pick a niche. Uh, he said there's a lot of 
you know, there's a lot of golf coaches trying to teach everybody. Um, you know, it's harder to be successful doing that versus just picking what you like doing. And uh, whether it's with juniors, whether it's with, you know, tour players, whether it's with, I don't know, just beginners, um, you know, pick, pick what you're good at and just focus on that. So my answer to him was like, hey, like, you know, I've had this idea for the past year, like, I should work with business owners somehow. Um, just because I, it just really stuck to me that I, you know, it's, it's important to surround myself with people that are successful. Not only will that lead to success for me, um, but it also leads to learning and growing because I didn't go to college. Um, I went for like a couple of semesters to play in the golf team. So that was about it. You know, school never really resonated with me. And uh, so, yeah, like, you know, I just decided that I would work with business owners because I really enjoy that and being able to help them outside of not just my passion in golf, but um, in other ways by connecting them to other business owners, you know, creating, bringing them solutions. And, you know, like I, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. And you know, I like multiple income streams. So as much as I love be teaching golf, um, I want to create something in a unique way where I can do other things as well um, and linking them to golf. Got it. And you mentioned school um, a little bit earlier uh, and you were talking about how you, you played on a golf team for a couple of semesters. Um, what are your thoughts on, on school and especially having a higher level education of sorts? Um, it almost seems like for a lot of Asian parents primarily, um, you know, they, they kind of shuffle their kids into university after high school. What are your thoughts on that in terms of is school really that important still? Or, you know, can, is there a better way in terms of would you rather work and, and learn real life experience? Kind of what's your take on that? I have a huge take on that. Um, and it was always once I, when I first joined my first network distribution company, it was like, you know, school's a waste of time, all these things, you know, I was younger, um, you know, I, I was on that bandwagon, but I think a better way to put it is, school it's at the end of the day it's knowledge right uh, so if you know exactly what you want to do and you're clear on that and you have to go to school for that then definitely go to school i think if if you're unsure then figure that out first you know it's i think it's cool to take one or two years off after high school and it's not a waste of time because you're figuring out what you want to do rather than some people go to school for two to four years and then they realize they don't want to do that. And then they maybe jump into a different, separate degree, something completely different, right? And now they get a degree, can't find a job for it, or, or they're, you know, they've collected a bunch of debt for the first degree. So I think, you know, you know, people still shift whatever they want to do. Even when they're maybe they're 45, they decide they want to do something else. But if we're talking right after high school, I think go travel, um, I think, I think joining a network marketing company or distribution company is a great thing as well. Like it really forces you to grow 
uh, on your personal development skills because school doesn't teach that. High school doesn't teach that, right? How to, you know, how to handle money, uh, financial, um, we don't learn any of that. So I think talking to people, um, you know, people skills, uh, all that stuff gets developed, uh, which is what you're going to need in your, in your profession. You know, whatever you go to uh, uh, call and try to, when you're trying to get a job or you're trying to uh, you know, just start your own business as well, right? I think it requires a lot of people skills and business skills. And unfortunately, God, unless you go somewhere where that's taught, it doesn't, it just, it's not a general thing that's taught at school high school or college so you know i think definitely try different things taste different things see what your skills are what are your talents what are you good at what do people come to you for for advice i think you know all those things um, figure those out and then and then even like just go and work somewhere for free for something that you think you'd like to do right uh, or go ask people you know what do they have to do to get that job? Ask, figure out all these questions because I think it saves you a lot of time uh, at school where you're not taking classes because your parents sent you there, but you're actually doing them on your own. Um, you know, and then there's less way less pressure because you're actually enjoying being there. So I think that's my take on school. If, if you're really, if you know what you want to do and it requires you to get a degree, then totally go for it, right? Um, you know, other than that, you know, be a likable person and someone that adds value to other people. And you know, I everything that I've achieved or you know, attracted in my life hasn't come from smarts uh, or book smarts. It's all it's you know it's come from people's skills uh, and being a likable person and you know someone that has you know leveraged connections. And how, how do people go about building people skills? You know, you mentioned uh, joining a network marketing company and because there's a lot of personal development there and the educational system does lack in teaching people that. Uh, but what are kind of your thoughts are on, you know, the best ways that people can build uh, people skills? Um. Outside of joining a network marketing company, <laughs> yeah, I think getting involved in sales and anything else. I think sales is a big thing because you have to influence somebody to make a decision that's best for them, right? Um, and you know, you have to. In order, that brings up so many insecurities because you get rejected, and you know that. Yeah, that, that just brings up a lot of insecurity for people and then helps them in personal development for themselves. And I think, I think that's, if there was one thing, that's the thing, get into sales of some sort uh, or, or watch people uh, read books, right? Uh, how to win friends and influence people. I think that's, that's, the, that's the staple. And uh, yeah, practice communicating, talk to yourself in the mirror, practice tonality, all these things that basically whatever gives you confidence, I think. Got it. Yeah. Got it, Suk. And 
how can one go about finding out their passion is if they don't know, you know, what they, because a lot of people are like, you ask them, it's like, oh, you know, what do you enjoy doing? What do you do outside of work? Oh, like nothing. I don't know. <laughs> I Netflix. <laughs> like how, what would you recommend people um, if they don't know what their passion is or they don't know what they love or enjoy doing? Mm-hmm. Um, some of the questions that come to my head are to, to, for them to ask themselves uh, and they all come from a program that I've, I've been through and I've taken uh, last year and that really that really helped me figure it out for myself even though I already knew going in what, I, what my passion is um, you know it's a it's a program called Entrepreneurs Academy by Sunny Zetia. And you know, the whole thing is taking your passions, talents, and skills and you know overcoming any um, inner conflicts um, on why you haven't already started it. And uh, you know all those reasons are overcome, then you know you kind of just build a plan around it, business plan and how we can get started. So I think go there for sure. That's definitely the best thing um, if you're if you're looking for faster results and obviously mentorship, right? If you want to do it by yourself, then um, just ask yourself questions. Like, if, you know, if I had 90 days to live, what would I do? Like, what would I spend most of my time doing, right? Um, you know, if, I, if you were financially stable for the rest of your life, you don't have to work, what would you do? Um, you know, how would you spend most of your time? You know, if someone asks you for advice, what would they ask you? Um, you know, questions like that. I think that's how you can figure out what you're passionate about, and uh, just and sometimes you just gotta try different things, right? You and, and that goes back to the same conversation of where the system that we're in is just like do this, do this, do this, do this. Like there's never time to like relax except right now, <laughs> the quarantine, but. It's just like, as soon as you're done high school, boom, you're in college. As soon as you're done, boom, you're there, right? And then you never really have time to sit down and think about what you like doing. You're just always in that rat race. So I think definitely taking that time off after high school is important for younger people figuring out what's it like. Yeah, I think you brought up a good point is asking questions, more questions about yourself and being curious about yourself. I think that's the biggest thing because there's no one size fits all. Everyone's situation is different. Everyone's passion is different. Everyone grew up differently. So questions like this, how to develop your passion, only you can answer it the best, right? And that's yourself. So I I felt like you, you really brought a lot of value there um, and also the importance of, of taking a break and, and to kind of stop and just think about what's going on in your life. What do I enjoy doing instead of just go, 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 go. So I think For that's sure. really important. Um, you mentioned Sonny's event. Uh, you know, did, did that event help you overcome your limiting beliefs in starting and uh, you're starting as a golf coach. Did, did it help with that? 
for sure, man. Um, you know, I, I had created my Instagram page, but I didn't really post much on there. Uh, you know, so a big thing he's an advocate of is flipping the camera and, you know, talking to your camera and letting people know just even the simplest things, right? And that, that's usually a big fear factor for a lot of people, probably speaking, uh, which has now gone on to technology. So it's like talking to the camera, right? And, uh, you know, that was something that was big for me. And I realized, like, once I started doing it, um, you know, he would challenge us. So, you know, once, once you start doing it more and more, you realize, like, doesn't it's really, it's not really a big deal. <laughs> a lot of people probably just skip through it anyways. You know, they don't, they're, everyone's too busy, worried about their own insecurities than actually judging you, right? Um, so, and, and at the end of the day, like if someone has a problem with something and they say it to you, like you probably don't want them in your circle anyways. You know what I mean? Um, because someone that really supports you, they, would, they wouldn't say these things anyways. Um, and yeah no his his program is really really good and that it definitely helped um not just overcoming some of the stuff that you know i needed to do to take action but also like what kind of things to do right um, make a bunch of phone calls dm people like your stuff um there's just there's so many things um and like how to develop skills and there so he has a three-day course and then he has a coaching class as well uh, and you know as part of the coaching program it's a two-month program and that really helped me big time too and you know i'm a big fan of his course and he uh, he really encouraged me to um do what i do today so super grateful for him that's amazing and Suk, did you face a lot of resistance from your inner sphere when you were on the journey of becoming a golf coach? Like, did a lot of people say no, like, don't do it? Um, did you get a lot of that? Or were people quite supportive? I don't think I had one person that was not supportive. I think everyone just was so excited and said, go for it. And I don't think I had one person give me any negative feedback or anything. That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. And how did you come up with the name, the golf sin? Like, how did that come about? Yeah. I don't really know. (laughs) I think, I think first I just kind of created the page. I was like, Oh, um, let me just create my page. It was all exciting. Uh, this was like two months before I actually committed to teaching uh, or the idea of it even. Uh, just as someone, I don't know, it's just like, you know, golf is golf. And then I think the word sing is, you know, it, from my, my, my culture, my faith, um, or my religion, I would say, not uh, culture. And, you know, as a Sikh, and you know, sing is something, somebody, you know, it's not just like, now this is something that someone's really asked me and you know, I, I like to go a little bit deeper on it because I like to respect it. Um, and my take on it is, 
you know, Sting is like someone who, like, like we're all six. You know, the definition people give is like males all have Sing as their middle name and females all have Gore as their middle name. And like, that's mm -hmm. the explanation, which is true. Uh, but, you know, I think it goes much deeper than that. And it has, you know, you're representing a certain set of principles and values. And, you know, I think adding that to your name and, you know, going by that is, or calling someone a thing is something that's, um, you know, I, I look at it as something that's very important and it has to be respected. Um, that's just like anybody puts up, wears a turban or anybody who has a beard, right? It's like, it's how you are on your inside, and how you treat people, and it's, it's about a lot of the values, uh, not just how you appear physically. So uh, I was kind of hesitant to um, have that there, um, just because I just started keeping my hair and my beard uh, a year before. But you know, I, I knew I was committed to that, um, and I resemble all the values that I like to, um, or, I, or I like to think <laughs> about longer ago. And uh, yeah, no, so that's how I was like, you know, I, and, and I saying is somebody who is always serving and helping, um, and you know, it just it just kind of ties into how I was raised, and yeah, so I was like, so, so that's, this is saying is who I am, and golf is what I love doing, so it just kind of fit perfectly. That's amazing. That's amazing, Suk. And in terms of after you committed to becoming a golf coach when anyone is looking to start any sort of business the first question that always comes to mind is you know how do I get clients right you want to keep your pipeline full um, so just kind of take me through kind of where what your mindset was in terms of finding clients when you first started um, I think Instagram was a big thing for me you know, just sharing my day-to-day, -day, uh, you know, sharing, I, I started off with sharing a bunch of my golf swings and you know, my experiences with golf and, uh, you know, going out networking, sharing my profile with people, uh, and it kind of just started going there. I had people reach out to me. My first client was someone who reached out to me on Instagram. And, uh, you know, from there, it's just kind of referrals and stuff. Um, you know, and I'm sort of, you know, I have like a, a niche as well. And uh, you know, I work with everybody. Um, you know, my niche is to work with business owners and add value to them. And, uh, you know, but I still kind of, whoever needs help, I, I love helping them and helping improve their game, right? Uh, so I think growing clients, it goes back to the, you know, I, I had a, I had a job still, so it wasn't at that point. It wasn't like a, it wasn't like a rush thing, uh, and I kind of liked that because I didn't, you know, I was, you were, I wasn't too pushy and stuff. You know, I kind of was getting used to the whole new business uh, side of things, and it kind of just, yeah, it was perfect. I had the right amount of clients coming in, and as I was growing and learning about having my own business and all the things that come with it, and. Uh, you know, looking for a driving range to teach at and all these things. Um, yeah, that, that's kind of 
you know, it was, it was a whole learning process of a bunch of things. But yeah, clients, I think, definitely comes from, for me, for Instagram and then also uh, referrals. Got it. And what, what was the number one thing that, that you would tell people in terms of growing on Instagram? Did you consistently put out content? Um, or was it the special hashtags that you used? <laughs> what, what would you tell people? I think the biggest thing is just post contact, valuable content, um, be authentic and shut the camera. You, you know, people like to see your face and I think, you know, some, you just get a vibe of someone's personality and, uh, you know, by hearing their voice, how they, you know, the things they talk about, their body language, all these things. So I think, um, you know, that helps build trust and I think that's how things grow and then you add value you just gotta you know, give people what they want what's gonna make them better and naturally people share that right and then it's helpful the reason why they follow you they should be getting that out of it got it got it and Suk when it comes to golf a lot of people might have a misconception that you know it's a it's a very expensive sport to play um and uh it's for the elite only so what what do you say what do you say to that um that used to be the case like a long long time ago uh, you know and now it's just it's becoming a game uh, i think tiger woods again had a big part of that where he just the way he played and performed, everyone just kind of loved watching it, and you know, it inspired everyone. You know, inspired a bunch of kids. They're like, I can be like that, and uh, you know, I think it's gone. It's gone to a point where not just kids, like just everyone that watched right? just his energy and his passion and uh, his dominance, and everyone just wanted to cheer for him. So I think that you know, you know the the saying goes everyone has a little bit of tiger woods in them. <laughs> so everyone just wants to go ahead and play the game so i think you know there's driving things out there where you know dress code isn't really doesn't have to be so strict um you know some of the family-owned driving ranges um people are people are getting into it and it's just something that's becoming more fun for the people that play it and realize it and you get to hang out with your friends and it's something that you can do for the rest of your life really as long as you're you're able to move fairly well um you know you don't have big injuries or anything uh, it's a sport you can play with your friends to your age right um and yeah lots of people are starting to get into it it's a nice thing to see that's great Suk. and what do you currently have going on yourself right now in quarantine <laughs> as we record this <laughs> uh, right now just continue to work uh work at the group home here um that's uh, my job uh, fortunate that that hasn't been affected um you know just because it's a government sort of job and you know you to take care of the youth and so Fortunate to have um, 
funds coming in as I quarantine. Uh, but yeah, just making contact right now. Um, I'm in the backyard, in the front yard, chipping, fighting, just working on the game, staying connected, um, having the feel in the hands. And uh, some golf courses are actually open right now. So I go play play here and there. And uh, yeah, just, just kind of trying to figure out what's going on here with this whole um, scenario with the virus and everything and see where this goes and um, just plan for the future. You know, it's kind of tough for like, a lot of uncertainties. Like, you know, it's hard to plan for a couple months ahead because you don't know how long we're going to be in this. But, uh, you know, just life's always throwing challenges at you and you have to um, figure out what the best thing to do is the day of and what you could do tomorrow, right? And yeah, just, just have the big picture in mind of what you want to be. And you know, all, all the things that, if I was busy teaching lessons all day long right now, there's going to be some other things that I need to get done that are important for my growth that I wouldn't be able to. So those are the things that I can maximize on right now and get done. And, Got it. That's kind of that's all that's going on right now. <laughs> <laughs> love it, love it. Um, and if things were back to normal, you did mention earlier that uh, you have this uh, business and, and golf thing going on. You want to talk a little bit more about that? Yes. Um, so we had done two events, and we will get started on them as soon as we can, as soon as all this is done with. Um, so we have a me and my partner. Um, he runs more so of the organizing the group and doing all the administration side um, and he actually teaches etiquette and um, how to do business on the golf course and most of that is building relationships uh, being a likable person asking good questions gathering intelligence um, you know how to how to um, how to dress, how to you know, behave on the golf course, all these things uh, that are related to that. And then I'm more of the, um, the skill side of it, helping beginners or current golfers of all skill levels just develop their game. Uh, so we've come together and we've, uh, we've put on an event called Networking Golf and we meet every two weeks and you know, we get to um, have golfers that are business owners that would rather be on the uh, driving range or the golf course and meeting new people and talking about golf and talking about business and getting to meet uh, and grow their network. So, you know, that's what we put, that's what we put on the event for. And it's actually started, it was before all this, it was picking up and people kind of really were behind the idea of it. And, you know, it's, there's nothing better than meeting someone new and getting, and, you know, two things done at that one time. So, you know, a golf club in your hand and being able to meet new people and, you know, have natural conversations versus sitting down and, you know, in a coffee shop or something, which is great, but it's just much more fun to, you know, have an icebreaker, uh, something in common, uh, something that's very light um, and you know there's no like big agenda it's just you're building a relationship getting to know the person 
see if you even want to do business with them and you know it's, it's just much more fun that way so there's definitely a big niche for that and people are starting to come out to it and you know fall behind with the, with the concept got it that that's amazing and people can find more information about this on uh, meetup or Yes, we have, um, yeah, we have a meetup group. Um, we are also posted on Eventbrite, um, our Instagram page, our Facebook page is Networking Golf. So, um, you know, you can follow along there and follow me at the golf thing and, you know, I'll be posting about, about it on there as well. Got it, got it, Suk. And what's kind of your five-year plan? You know, where, where do you see yourself in five years? Five years, definitely be teaching full time. Um, I do also want to play. Um, you know, I still have that desire. I'm so young. Um, it's a different way I'm swinging right now, and um, my backs. I don't have an injury. I'm healthy, so I definitely think like, you know, again, it's a it's a sport that you play individually. It's you versus the golf course don't have to worry about strength training or any of that stuff or worrying about my stamina producing as I get older or anything, right? So, um, yeah, I definitely want to play on the PGA Tour of Canada for sure as a minimum. Uh, I think that'd be a great uh, accomplishment. I don't think anybody with a turban has played on a tour, professional tour yet, so I would still like to be first. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, and those are the, those are the big things business-wise. Wonderful, Suk. And uh, to wrap things up here, I, how can people best find you and get in touch with you? Uh, yeah, so my Instagram, um, The Golf Sing, or my Facebook, everything's The Golf Sing. My website is thegolfsing.com. Yeah, or find me at Delta Golf Course. <laughs> wonderful well you know thank you again Suk uh, it has been a pleasure talking to you and thank you for being on our podcast today no problem brother uh, look forward to having you at our event again as soon as this is done uh, you've got some good skills I love your backswing we gotta work a little bit on that downswing <laughs> it's fun to have you out there man you know, seeing you come up for support and reaching out to me for this podcast. I think you're doing, you're doing really good with these and, you know, giving people a platform where they can share what they're doing. And, you know, it makes us feel good that we're uh, able to come on to your platform. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's a great thing. You know, you're adding value to people. Thank you so much, Suk. Welcome, man. Yeah, can't wait to uh, meet up with you soon after uh, this is all said and done. All right, here, here give, me, give me that elbow. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so, well, you have a good night and take care. All right, brother. see you. Yeah, bye. Thank you for listening to the On The Rise podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. The music composition and vocals is done by Graham Bess. Your host, of course, is the property shark, Mr. John Lee. Have a wonderful day, and we will, of course, see you next time on our way to the top. Cheers. Cheers.